I wonder what you want most right now at your home. We're all sheltered in place, and I've got to be asking this question, what do we really want in our homes right now? I'm reminded of a survey that was conducted some time ago where researchers asked fathers and husbands, they asked dads, what is it that they really wanted at home? And they were greatly shocked to discover that these dads didn't want well-equipped garages. They did not want a study that they could escape to. They didn't want fancy furniture, but what they wanted was peace. I believe all of us today would acknowledge that we desire peace. I'm convinced that everybody is looking for peace. When I was in Tiberias just a couple months ago, I met a man by the name of George. George uh, very quickly let me know that he was a Christian. And he had been to the States. He was a graduate of Michigan State University, to all you Spartan fans out there. And he said he loved the States, but it was too cold for him. And he went back to the Middle East. And I was speaking with George. And I asked him some about his faith. And he said, I believe the most important thing that can happen right now is for the Messiah to come. And I said, say more, George, what do you mean? And he said, because the Messiah is going to bring us peace. Peace. Now, here in this time of Lent, we have been in this time of introspection, this time of self-denial. And we've been in this sermon series that we have called Peeled, asking the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and peel back our heart and reveal to us where we really stand, what our character is like, where we need to work. And I want to continue to encourage you to do that, even on this day as we wrap this series up. Invite the Spirit of God to come into your life to bring encouragement but also conviction and to reveal to you those areas where you need to bear fruit. We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, the character that ought to really uh, be the characteristic of every Christ follower. Paul speaks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. There in verses 22 and 23 telling us the fruit of the Spirit is, is love and joy and and peace, and patience, and gentleness, and self-control, and, and so forth. And today I want us to ponder peace for just a few moments. You know, the Bible speaks about three different types of peace. One, the Bible speaks about eternal peace. And here Apostle Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 5, talking about the peace that we can have with God. It's eternal peace. And he says here in the scripture, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. The scripture also speaks about another type of peace, and not only eternal peace, but external peace. And here, Paul writes again in the book of Romans, this time in chapter 12, he says, As much as within you lie, live at peace with all people external peace, and that is peace with people. But there's a third type of peace that also we gain some really valuable insight to as we look into the scripture. Not only is there 
eternal peace and external peace, but there's internal peace. And again, from the text that we've read even last week, Paul's writing there to the people in that Colossians church in chapter 3, he said, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Not only is there peace with God, peace with others, but the Bible says this is the peace of God that needs to rule in your life, in your heart as a Christian disciple. Let us ponder peace here for just a few moments. I mean, even if you are a believer today, you still need peace because, you know, even the upright can get uptight. And you need the peace of God to rule your heart and to rule your life. You know, when I go through challenging times, I oftentimes turn to those very familiar texts in the Bible. And I know this is a text that I've shared with you before. It's a text that probably I will share with you again because it has touched my life. It has changed my life. It is giving me so much direction and wisdom and strength for living. And the text I'm speaking about is the one that Apostle Paul writes to those Christians there at Philippi, the book of Philippians. And in chapter 4, he gives us this incredible prescription for peace. Listen to these few verses from Philippians 4. For he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Now, here is the prescription, if you will, that Paul shares for us that we need to implement in our lives. And the first step is this. Peace is a matter of focus. Notice here what he says in verse 4, for he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, you cannot rejoice in the Lord unless you focus on the Lord. And when you, your focus is on Jesus, you will rejoice in Jesus. And when you rejoice in Jesus, you will have, he says, the peace of God in your life. I'm thinking of that Old Testament text in Isaiah 26 and verse 3, where the writer there, the great prophet, said, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. I, I was standing there with my uh, tiptoes just in the Sea of Galilee at Tabaka, and I there saw this wooden vessel just on the horizon that passed by, and suddenly I remembered that story out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, where the disciples were on that vessel, they were on that small boat, and it was being tossed about. The waves were, were roaring, and all of a sudden, Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter wants to go to Jesus. And Jesus invites him, and Peter steps over the side of that boat, and he begins to walk on the water. And the scripture tells us as long as Peter's eyes are focused on Jesus, he's able to walk on the water. But the moment he takes his eyes off Christ, he begins to sink. I love what that 
Christian there years ago said, when I look at the world, I get distressed. When I look at myself, I get depressed. But when I look at Jesus, I am at rest. I wonder if you today are at rest. I'm going to tell you something that might sound very odd. It might be even bizarre to you. But the reason why most people never find peace in life is because they're just looking for peace in all the wrong places. Even John Wesley acknowledged that. He said, when I looked to Jesus, the dove of peace flew into my heart. But he said, when I looked at the dove of peace, it flew away. You will never find peace just going looking for peace, but it will only be found when you focus on Jesus Secondly, as part of this prescription, we notice here in Philippians 4 what Paul is urging us to do next in verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing. Peace, you see, is not only a matter of focus, but it's a matter of faith. For he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Just as focus deals with praise, Faith deals with prayer. There's a couple of aspects of this that I would raise to your attention. One is the attitude of prayer, and the second is the latitude of prayer. First, the attitude of prayer. It's very much evident here where our posture, our approach, our attitude in life, Paul says, should be be anxious for nothing. Even with the presence of the coronavirus, be anxious for nothing. For worry pulls tomorrow's doubts, tomorrow's clouds over top of today's sunshine. And we all know how that feels here in this time of winter that we've just experienced where there's been a lack of sunshine. And you know what? That's what worry does in our life when it's allowed to take root and to throttle down uh, life's uh, life's. Tarway, it, it comes into our life. Worry comes from an old German word that means to struggle. It means to choke. And when worry takes off in our life like that, it really starves truth. It chokes it out in our life, and it prevents us from bearing the fruit of peace. I want you to really consider what worry is and does to us. What is the effect of worry in our life? First of all, if you are worried in life, it really is a distrust of the wisdom of God. And it is really a denial of the Word of God. For you say, well, I don't believe that God can handle this situation, so I'm going to take it back over. And I can do better than God, and I don't believe that God is omnipresent or omniscient and can really speak into my problem. And so it's a distrust or a denial of the Word of God, but it's also a defiance of the will of God. In the greatest sermon, arguably, that has ever been preached in this world, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus there is giving us this wonderful sermon there in Matthew and chapter 6, he says, do not be anxious for tomorrow. Worry, as you see, is really to be out of the will of God because God is not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. And so what about 
not only just this attitude that we ought to have as Christ followers, but what about here the latitude of this prayer? For he says, in everything by prayer, let your requests be made known to God. Notice here, we are to pray about everything. Prayer should encompass everything and leave out nothing. And I know a lot of people today don't pray. Uh, A lot of people only pray about some things. But here we find the latitude of prayer. It is to encompass all things and everything. And when we do that, we find ourselves having and experiencing even a deeper peace in our soul. Paul here says, first of all, peace is a matter of focus. Focus upon Jesus, upon your relationship with God. Second, it's a matter of faith to be in prayer and praise of our Lord. And thirdly, lastly, let me say to you that peace is a matter of fact. Now listen to these words as We find here Paul saying to us in verse 7, Then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. When your heart is filled with peace and your mind is filled with prayer, then your soul will be filled with peace. And what happens when you rejoice? What happens when you take your concerns to God in prayer? You begin to experience the peace of Christ more and more. You know, I read something the other day I was reminded about, and it was a short piece where oceanographers were talking about the storms that kind of pass over the oceans. And the piece was talking about how even just 25 feet below the surface uh, there in the sea, it's tranquil. And these gale force winds, these Violent storms, they can sweep across the Atlantic, they can move over the Pacific Ocean, but just 25 or 30 feet below, it's as calm as a pond. And I know that is difficult for us to understand, but, you know, I've experienced that in my own life, that even with all the challenges that we face in our day, the loss, the problems, even things like shelter in place, and a virus that is affecting our land, I know that down deep, I have a peace that I have with Jesus Christ. You know, about four or five years ago, I had the great privilege of preaching at one of our sister churches here in the High River Valley District, Korean Madisonville Church, down on the east side of Cincinnati. And the church was filled that day with about 300 or so Korean Christians here in the Cincinnati community. And I had the great privilege of proclaiming God's word that day. And I had an interpreter for the first time in my life. I would share a few words and and, uh, the pastor of the church would interpret that into that Korean language. And it was a beautiful experience. I learned a lot that day from our Korean uh, brothers and sisters. And we shared a meal together following the service. And, And one of the things that I learned there was a saying that they have in their culture that came out of a time of great persecution for their faith. And they said, we are just like nails. And the harder you hit us, the deeper you drive us. And the deeper you drive us, the more peaceful it becomes. 
I'm reminded of the words of Jesus there, another favorite scripture of mine in John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God is peace from God. And you know, you will never find that peace in the world. So many people look for peace in pills or they look for peace in possessions or for popularity. They think somehow they'll find peace in pleasure. But we know the word of God proclaims that peace can only be found in Jesus Christ. Friends, as I have experienced a lot of challenge in my life, I've walked alongside many people that have experienced great loss. I have done far too many funerals in my day already, and I have experienced anguish even in my own life, in my own family, and I know how difficult it can be. And when I see these things that we hear on TV these days, or when I talk with friends and I know they're going through a difficult time, I'm often reminded of a story in the life of a Christian that lived about a century or more ago. His name was Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a person who was a senior law partner there in the city of Chicago, and he had invested his wealth in a lot of the businesses there. And he had lost his son uh, tragically, and then he lost all of his wealth as the great Chicago fire swept through the city. They were completely distraught. Not only had he lost his son, but he had lost all of his wealth. Horrifying, but yet the worst was yet to come. He sent his wife and his four daughters over to England, sort of a, a vacation, a time to just get away from things. And he said that he would follow in just a few days. And as his wife and his four daughters were en route on board this ship, just before they landed there in England, they were shipwrecked. Another vessel came into that boat and 226 people died. All four of Horatio's daughters perished on that terrible day. His wife survived. And she, back in that day, didn't send uh, an email or any kind of text, although it was short, just two words. She had telegrammed back to him, saved alone. By the time Horatio made his track across the Atlantic and got there with his wife, and they started back, he asked the captain of the ship to pause to show him where this accident had taken place, and it was there, in that moment, that he penned those words, it is well with my soul. Attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll. 
that ever my lot thou hast told me to say it is well it is well with my soul it is well I truly trust today that it is well with your soul. Thank you for joining us today to be part of this wonderful time of worship. I pray for you each day. I keep you in my hearts and thoughts and continue to lift you up uh, to Jesus. And uh, we love you. We encourage you to stay safe and well in this time.
As we close our time together, again, I want to extend to you uh, this person of Jesus Christ who's changed my life, changed the lives of millions of people, billions of people through the centuries, and I trust that you know Jesus as your Lord. And if you don't, today would be a wonderful time to receive Christ, Jesus, into your heart. Just pour out your life to God and confess your sins and receive the Lord as your Savior. I want to invite you to uh, bow with me for just a moment, your heads, and, and join me in a moment of closing prayer. Oh God of life, present and promised, you are the one to whom we call for. You are the one who hears and the one who acts. And we call upon you in this day of trial and tribulation. We ask that you send your peace and healing upon this land. We pray, God, that you will bring new life with your power and hope over your people today. We pray for that one here that is joining us today that needs to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord, for them right now that they would receive you into their heart, that they would confess their sins and accept you as Lord of their life. And Lord, for others that are ever present here today who have troubled hearts, may they once again refocus their eyes upon you. May they place their faith firmly in your hand and experience that peace that only you can provide. Bless us, O God, we pray in this day, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you all, and we wish you peace and blessing in this week to come.